0: everyone to the first ever raving geeks moving pictures crossover the first installment of the cm life podcast cinematic universe if you will i'm your attempt at the host mitchell kakalka i'm an editor for central michigan life the comedic relief for moving pictures spiritual advisor to Raven geeks lover of barry manilow how are you doing everyone um i'm joined tonight by a star studded cast of some of cmu's finest nerds um if you could uh introduce yourselves
1: uh, I'll go first. I'm Steve Tiemann. I am host of the Raven
0: Geeks, and
1: I am just some idiot that they kind of pulled in to do some podcasts, and they haven't gotten rid of me yet. So here I am. I'm going to talk about some movies. It's going to be great.
2: And uh, I'm Brent Gunn. I'm the host of Moving Pictures. Uh, kind of, kind of nerdy about some stuff <laughs> like, like movies. Uh, yeah, ready to talk about three good movies from last year.
0: And so, yeah, we've come together tonight to share our picks for um, our favorite uh, films of 2017, um, kind of uh, coinciding with Oscar season, which is coming up. Um, this, this question of what, what are the year's best movies is kind of uh, going to be fresh in everybody's minds um, for the next couple of weeks. And so th- these are um, our contributions to that conversation. Um, so, yeah, what we're going to do, I think, is we're just going to go around and um, – I was going to say circle, a little triangle that we have the form of the three of us and kind of say our picks for um, like third place, favorite movie, then go around again, do second, and end with our um, favorite films of the year. Um, so, yeah, um, is everybody ready? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm ready to okay. go. Um, I'll start. My uh, third favorite movie of the year was Mudbound, um, directed by um, Dee Rees. Um, she's the director who did a movie called Pariah a couple of years ago. Um, Mudbound is a Netflix original movie, um, one of the few, like a very the very rare breed of Netflix original movie that's watchable. Um, not just watchable, but also extremely good. Um, it's nominated, I believe, for one like big Oscar, um, Mary J. Blige is nominated for Best Supporting Actress um, this year. Um, very well deserved. Um, but really like, I could there's there's about like seven characters in the main cast, and I think like any of them could have been nominated for um the one of the acting awards. Um, so what the film is about? Um, it's a pretty simple story. It's about um it takes place. Before, sh- during, and shortly after um, World War II, um, in the South, it follows a um, white family that own- that uh, uh, buys a farm and a black family that um, has been working the farm, like that farm for generations, but still don't really feel um, they have any like claim to the land because of um, just the social climate of um, the United States at that time and it's an it's a ensemble character piece i guess is the way best way to put it it's very um if it's kind of like an american version of a leo tolstoy novel there's not really any um, one like specific main character ever, like a cast of, like i said like maybe six or seven people um are all given like equal focus both um uh, like kind of like the f- matriarch and patriarch of the black family plus their um, one of their sons, played by Jason Mitchell, um, who played I th- I believe it was Eze in um, Straight Out Compton. That was kind of a star-making role, and he's had a, he's had a pretty good year. Um, he was also in King Kong, um, Skull Island. Okay, so maybe not like the best year, but he was also he was in Mudbound.
2: I, I watched that at my uh, <clears throat> girlfriend's parents' house with her mm-hmm. dad for over like Christmas break. It's mm-hmm. awful. It's a terrible <laughs> movie. Really pales <laughs> in comparison to Peter Jackson's masterpiece. Mm.
0: King Kong. Um, so yeah, he Jason Mitchell plays um one of the main characters. Um, Garrett Hedlund plays kind of um his counterpart in the White family. Um, um, and w- when you see with these like kind of like this family structures that the two families have, um, they both have a member of their family who um goes to fight in World War II. Um, and they both um. Jason Mitchell's character and Garrett Hedlund's character, about or respectively, the um, um, go off to fight in World War II, and they come back, and they both are dealing with PTSD, um, which wasn't at the time very understood by people, and so that you kind of have like that that layer of social commentary, um, um this treatment of like post-traumatic stress disorder, um, in nineteen fifth nineteen forties South, layered on to um. Uh, racial racial tension of the time and so yeah it's a very um i guess i'd say like classical setup it's not really the kind of story that um a lot of directors and writers are making um in movies um nowadays but it's very well acted very well directed very um Competently put together, and I and it's it, again, it's a standout of the kind of um, programming that Netflix is putting out.
2: I I have not seen Mudbound.
0: So. It kind of stuck on snuck under the radar, which a lot of people have been a bit upset at. Like this movie is, like ha, it has a message that that it's um putting out there, and it's a it's um a very well well told story. Like why isn't it? And like it deserves it it. I'd say it does deserve to be in the, in the conversation of, um, like the, uh, like the Oscar race, um, at least for acting but writing and directing as well. Um, I, th- I believe, um, cinematography was also, um, nominated, um, again, um, pretty well-deserved, but that's kind of also started a conversation, um, like, d- do, like, kind of, like, the Oscar, um, intelligentsia, um, how, how do they um, – what do they think of like Netflix original films? Are they still kind of like – is there kind of like a stigma against them for being um, like an online streaming service? Kind of like the Nef- Netflix um, has, has this kind of um, stigma around it. Um, some of it well-deserved. but
2: I, I, I think uh, <clears throat> Hollywood and the Academy will totally embrace Netflix because it makes money. Mm-hmm. The Academy likes things that makes money, mm-hmm. so like I don't know. A lot of people don't really expect the Academy to like nominate like the best movie. It's yeah, what the Academy thinks mm-hmm. is the best movie, mm-hmm. and that typically, I mean, like they they gave Best Picture to Crash. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, they they they
1: mess
0: up. They're never gonna live that one down. Never.
1: <laughs> I'll never let them.
0: So yeah, Steve, if you want to
1: talk about yours. Right. Um, so my number three is Logan Lucky, which is a heist film uh, by Steven Soderbergh. I'm pretty sure he did like the Oceans Oceans Love. films. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, it stars Channing Tatum and Adam Driver, and they're like these two brothers that live in the South. I think I'm pretty sure it's North Carolina. And Channing Tatum is like the the old trope of like the down on his luck dad, and he's trying to like be with his daughter, but like. The ex-wife and, like, her new husband, they're moving away, so we can't see her. So they plan this elaborate heist basically involving stealing money from, like, the NASCAR, the local NASCAR arena, because he was working on it, so he knows how to do it, how to get the money out with, like, the air tubes. And I just thought it was, like, it was a fun heist film. It was funny. Mm -hmm. All the performances were great. Um, Daniel Craig is in it as, like, Mm -hmm. this insane convict that's in prison that they break out because he knows how to break into vaults. (laughs) So, and, like, it's such it's such a twist from, like, you ex- when you hear Daniel Craig, it's, like, oh, Bond. He's, like, super serious. He's mm-hmm. drowning people in sinks. And then this, it's, like, he's just this crazy guy with a crazy southern accent. And there's a, there's a point where they're, like, they're not he, – he makes, like, a bomb that he's gonna, they're going to send through the tubes to, like, get it shut down or something. And they're, like, are you sure this is going to work? And he kind of looks at him. And then there's, like, a hard cut to him, like, doing this really complicated math equation in chalk on the wall explaining all of it. And it's just like, it was super funny. And yeah, um, I just had fun with it. Good heist film. Um, it was it was kind of a tie. Was, I wasn't sure between this and like Baby Driver. They were kind of like mm-hmm. on the same level for me. But I think I enjoyed this one a little more. Um, Do you know why? I don't know. I, I think I was expecting something different out of Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. I was ex- like more not quite, like, Fast and Furious level, but, like, more car chases with, like... It's incorporating... Like, it did a lot of stuff really well with, like, the music and stuff, but I was expecting, like, more cool cars, and they, like, paraded that opening chase scene with, like, the red Subaru or whatever, so I was like, oh, he's gonna steal cool cars with music, and that's gonna be, like, his bit, but it was just, like... Oh, he's got a truck. Oh, he steals this old lady's Buick. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It And that that is a pretty shallow criticism of that, because I really do like that film as well, mm-hmm. but I think Logan Lucky was just, like, a really... I don't know, because I see a lot of movies that are, like, in a franchise. I'm, like, the Marvel guy, the Star Wars guy. And this was just, like, a fun original thing. It was, like, it's just a fun heist film. It, and um, Adam Driver is a veteran in real life. He was in the Marine Corps. And his character um, has a uh, prosthetic hand because he was in Iraq. So, like, that, that aspect of it I thought was kind of interesting how they tied that in. And, yeah, it's just a fun time. We recommend it.
0: I, I haven't seen it yet, but I've been main to for a long time i I just missed him when I came out in theaters, which I think is um experience that i I think a lot of people could relate to because it kind of like snuck under the radar yeah
1: i I think it did mm. but it's definitely worth watching Brent <clears throat>
2: uh, I haven't seen Lo- Logan lucky, <laughs> so i can't can't really comment on it unfortunately. Do you want me to go into my first pick? Yes, yeah, okay. um my first pick is uh the last Jedi. Star Wars Episode Eight, and
0: getting into the indie films. Everybody, <laughs>
2: uh, okay. When I first saw the Last Jedi and I walked out of the theater, I hated it. Thought <laughs> it was garbage. Same, but like over time, I kind of sat with it more and kind of like thought about it more. And a lot of criticisms I had of it, I felt were pretty shallow, because mm-hmm. I kind of wanted it to be like a Star Wars film. Yeah, like I criticize, I was criticizing it for. A lot of the criticisms that Force Awakens got that I thought were stupid, I kind of, like, didn't really make that connection. Mm -hmm. But the more I sat with it, the more I kind of, you know, thought about the story and thought about, like, wow, they actually did do some things, like, really different for, like, Star Wars and everything. Um, I grew to really like it, and Mm -hmm. I like how... um, over time, I've kind of become invested in, like, now I really want to know where they'd end the story with episode nine, or mm-hmm. at least end this trilogy. You know, they're not going to end it. They're going to mm-hmm. make, like, 20 more movies. But, like, the Han—do you see the trailer for the Han movie? I have, yeah. But, yes. All right, what what do you guys think of that?
1: So, going in, before I saw it, because I'd heard a lot of how it was just a mess, and, like, Ron Howard had to be brought in, and Alden right Wright can't act, and I was like, it's going to be a car crash— I'm just gonna see it to see it. Donald Glover will be good because he's good and everything. And then I saw it, and now I'm like cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I um. guess I'm
0: kind of the same. Um, I, I'm yeah. I'm I'm kind of more hesitant to um, like p- um, get entirely behind this than I am usually for Star Wars movies. I, I, um, think gonna <laughs> I think I'm going to skip it. I Really?
2: Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's yeah. one of those movies where I'm just like, you know, like when the Yoda movie comes out, <laughs> that's another I'm one I'm like, that. yeah, I can probably skip that one. The Wookiee mm-hmm. movie,
1: whatever. The Jabba movie. Sorry. Well, you're fine. That said, the only, like, I agree with you. Like, I didn't want this one. I don't really mm-hmm. care about Han Solo's origin because, A, it's not Harrison Ford, and I don't care how he gets the vest and the falcon. And Meets Lando and meets Chewie because the mystery makes exactly him cool. Mm-hmm. But the That's only the, point. the only spin off that I'm ride or die for will die on the hill is a Kenobi movie set after episode three because everybody wants it. Ewan McGregor's down for it. Just stick him on Tatooine and make it like, um, one of those like, like a Logan and like a Yojimbo and um, mm-hmm. what's that? It's like a it's Shane, I think that Shane. old cowboy yeah. movie mm-hmm. in that vein. Just have him be like this. Yeah, I just want it. I want it so much. Well,
2: it's like they had Rogue One and that was like a <laughs> connector from 3 to 4. Yeah. Then if they did that movie it was just like a connector to 3 to 4, they could have an entire 3 to 4 connect trilogy. Yeah. Ooh. Then they could have a 6 to 7 connect trilogy. <laughs> then a 9 to 10. Oh my god, that's like 12 more movies right there. Mm-hmm. So much money for I house. Put it
0: behind them. I will go I'll go see it for Don Glover. That's that's my um review of Solo, but Back to um, Last yeah, Jedi for a um, moment.
2: All right. There are a lot of things in Last Jedi that I – there's some things I still don't like about the movie. I don't think mm-hmm. it's a great movie, but I mm-hmm. think in terms of Star Wars, it's, like, <clears throat> above average, I guess. Okay. Like Where slice. would you rank
0: it, like, within the Star Wars kind of, like, pantheon?
2: Uh, Still below uh, – all right. Like, somewhere in the middle. Okay. It's like, high mm-hmm. middle, I'd say.
0: What what do you th- do you remember like um like the m- moment you decided that oh maybe this is like a good movie? Um I
2: think it was the more I was thinking about how it didn't really fall follow that clear of a narrative all the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and I really like that in movies. Okay. And the more I kind of thought about like oh I'm ha- I'm upset that they didn't do this in the movie or they didn't do that. I'm like, well that would have been like kind of contrived and kind of like a plot convenience that I usually Mm -hmm. don't like and I shouldn't you know criticize Star Wars for doing something outside of the box especially if it's something that I like doing you know Mm -hmm. or that that I enjoy watching but there's some things I still hate I hate how the movie feels to be funny all the time Mm -hmm. that's like a reoccurring thing throughout this new Disney trilogy they're really trying like George Lucas had some corny jokes and everything but Mm -hmm. it's nothing compared to this new trilogy like (laughs) this new trilogy is straight up not funny And, Mm -hmm. like, I don't go to a Star Wars movie Mm -hmm. to laugh, like, every page of the script. I
0: think it's mostly because it's also kind of, like, the sanitized Disney humor. Um, Yeah,
2: it's a lot of that. It's a lot of, like, all right, we have to think about kids. And kids nowadays, I don't know, maybe their parents don't want them watching something as violent as, Mm -hmm. like, episode three or something. Yeah, Mm -hmm. But... I really like uh, Kylo Ren's character a lot. I love his <laughs> yeah. arc. He's my favorite part of this new trilogy by far. Um, I like him a lot for the. I like it a lot for the same reasons I like Anakin's uh, story. Mm-hmm. You know me. I really like the prequels. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. the prequels. I don't care. You can fight me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, three is one of my favorites. Thank you. Three is my second favorite, and Mitch, that's like your least favorite. It's isn't it? by far, but
1: love three. All right,
2: hold on. hold on, hold on, hold on. Segue. I have a coworker who's going to listen to this episode. Shout out to Matt Baldwin. Um, he's going to listen to this, and he wrote notes about that Star Wars episode. He he came to work with like a notebook. Mm-hmm. He wrote notes about like our conversation, mm-hmm. and he was just blown away that you put <laughs> Revenge of the Sith so low. He was, he was Good. mind
0: blown. It's, that's what the truth does to people. Um, but I mean, it's fake, it's
2: fake news from a fake journalist.
0: We see through um, the lies of the Jedi, Mitch. Mitch. This is never going to air. Um, but but. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, re- I really like Last Jedi. I, I don't know. I I probably put it towards the top of like my favorite Star Wars movies. I'm not gonna come out there and say I liked it more than Empire because that's absurd. Uh, it's crazy talk.
2: I liked it more than Force
0: Awakens. Okay, yeah, I, I, I did as well. Um, I, I I did like um, the liberties it took with like the Star Wars mythos and kind of um, I guess kind of like pretty. I'd say, like, fearless in, in like, its treatment of, okay. um, like, the Star Wars tropes, especially Luke Skywalker's character, which um, which is um, kind of going back to how many, a lot of people accuse Force Awakens of being too cookie-cutter, too safe with, like, what it does with the Star Wars formula. And this is the complete other end of the spectrum. Yeah. And, um,
2: I, I like how it added a lot of mystery to, like, the power of the Jedi, too. Cause yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, one thing that threw me for a loop at first was, of course, the Leia scene. Mm-hmm. You know, where she like rejuvenates and flies. Yeah. like spoiler alert. I haven't <laughs> seen it um, where she like flies through space and like you think she died. But yeah, you know. at first I was really annoyed with that. because So just like, <laughs> oh, they just don't have the guts to like just kill her off, even though like she's you passed. Yeah. You know? And I thought it was really tasteless. But then I thought about how in episode four, how um, Obi-Wan just has the ability to, you know, do like Jedi mind tricks. And it's never really explained how why mm-hmm. or how, it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. the Jedi can just do that. Mm-hmm. And I like that, because now it's like, oh, I guess the Jedi can just do that. Mm-hmm. And it shows that, um, Ryan Johnson, that was his name? Yes. Yeah. It shows that, I think that he cared a lot about the, uh, lore and the mythos of Star Wars, mm-hmm. much more than J.J. Abrams does.
1: Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way you handle Force abilities, because in the prequels, they have to explain it all. It's like, midi glorians and this and that, but like, in the originals, it was like, this is the Force, it just works, shut up, don't worry about it. Yeah, and then the, I like that they're kind of doing that.
2: Yeah, that, that, the MIDI chlorine thing. They're never going to live that down. Yeah. You know? But that, that was a oddity, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, just works. I think we could talk about Last Jedi for a while. So, yeah, um, for sure. okay. So, um, back to me. My second pick would be, uh, Good Time, um, co directed by, um, Ben and Josh Softy. Safty. Safty. Okay. Um, How to explain this movie, Brent? You might have to help me when it comes to explaining this movie. You're you're on your own, okay? Um, the movie uh stars um Robert Pattinson and um which of the softies? Ben, Ben, um, Ben, softy. They play um two brothers living in Queens, New York. Um, who uh Ben's character being um mentally disabled, and uh Robert Pattinson's being kind of like his caretaker. very um kind of like doting big brother figure two very down under luck uh men who um decide to rob a bank and that's kind of it's it's uh this this is a deceptively simple like movie um it's kind it's pretty cut forward um they rob a bank it goes awry and then they um robert pattinson's deal robert pattinson's character deals with that um for The remainder of the movie, and I can't really talk too much about like how the plot, as much as there is a plot, unfolds um, without spoiling it. I this is one movie I kind of want everybody to go into, um, blind, blind. Um, but yeah, it's a very people the word roller coaster when describing a movie is kind of a cliche. People say, Oh, it's a, it's a roller coaster, it's so intense, but this is one of the movies that just, um, I think like lives up to that descriptor.
2: Yeah, um, <clears throat> I love the Safdie brothers. Uh, they're some of my favorite directors working right now. Their mm-hmm. uh, 2014 film, Heaven Knows What, one of my favorite movies like of all time. I mm-hmm. love that movie, and it kind of follows the same, um, or I guess, Good Time follows the same idea as Heaven Knows What, where um, Heaven Knows What focused on homeless, you know, heroin junkies
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, living in like you know the kind of upper districts of New York kind of scrounging by and, like, love stories that unfold and everything. The thing that the Safdie brothers do really well is they really tell their films with style. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Because the films on paper, they're not very uh, eventful. You know, Mm -hmm. like, there's entire scenes in Heaven Knows What where the main character, Harley DeStum, rides a motorcycle with with a guy, and Mm -hmm. she's just kind of enamored by it. Mm-hmm. there's entire scenes that like, you kind of just watch and you're like, well, like, what, what what was the point of that scene? But then as it is kind of put with the other scenes, it makes more sense as, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're watching the character kind of develop. But Good Time does that, too, and it does it with a lot of the same styles. There's a lot of close-ups, a lot of really uh, handheld camera movement. Um, the color, the color palette in the movie is, like, extremely bright and vibrant for them. Mm-hmm. They usually have a lot more of a muted uh, color scheme. but Okay. Uh, Such a move step, such a step forward for uh, them as directors. Mm -hmm. It's a great, great movie.
0: It's also um, very very realistic, and it's, like, the depiction of, like, the environment and, and like, these character motivations. Robert Pattinson. Mm -hmm. Uh, I
2: really hope he just does more roles. Like, I can see Mm -hmm. him being like a Ryan Gosling type in terms of roles. Mm-hmm. Like I could see yeah. Robert Pattinson in drive or place beyond mm-hmm. the pines. Mm-hmm. I could see him in those, those roles.
0: I know he was kind of, um, kind of like a dark horse favorite for the, um, award season, like best actor. Um, it hasn't, hasn't really been recognized as quite as much, kind of like the movie hasn't really yeah. by, um, um, the the awards. Um,
2: it, it was nominated for the, uh, golden lion or the, uh, Palm, Palm Okay. It, it, mm-hmm. it Got some pretty, like, in the festival circuit, some rec- some recognition, but, of course, you know, mm-hmm. audiences, they didn't, it didn't really get that wide
1: of a release, mm-hmm. basically. But
0: okay. It, yeah. it deserved it. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's see. Number two. Uh, my number two is Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, mm-hmm. came out in July of 2017, and I just love that movie to pieces. I saw it, had just grinning ear to ear the whole time. <laughs> Tom Holland is amazing as as Peter Parker and Spider-Man and I think that's one of the reasons I really like it is because Spider-Man as a character is equal parts Peter Parker and Spider-Man in all the comics and all the movies so you have to get both and I feel like the past Spider-Man have had one of those good in my opinion mm-hmm. I, it, it's been well, a while since, one, well, one it's been a while since I've seen the Raimi films so if I'm completely wrong I'm sorry but um I think Andrew Garfield is a better Spider-Man and, uh, Toby is a better Peter Parker, even though he's like an adult because like Garfield captured like the, the quippiness of Spider-Man. I could be very wrong. You're no, looking at no, me like no, you're trying no, to throw you're, hands. You're
2: good. It's just, I, I just love the, the Raimi, not trilogy. I love one and two.
1: Yeah. I mean, three's terrible. That, but. that is true. I, I'm definitely not blaspheming I, I, Spider-Man I 2. I,
2: I, I just didn't like the Andrew Garfield ones, mm-hmm. but like I'm mm-hmm. kind of biased. So, yeah. Like it's fair. Yeah. But uh, like, I, I can see why you would say that. Yeah. Because um, Toby was a little bit awkward at times.
1: My thing with the Raimi films is like they just pack in everything sad that ever happened to Peter Parker in like a few years. And like they, they forget the fact that Spider-Man is supposed to be like he's like a, a younger hero in like the the wider Marvel universe. And he's like he's like kind of joking with like the bad guys and stuff. And there is like kind of like this joy that you kind of feel with, with him being Spider-Man swinging through the. City and stuff, and I feel like at some bits Peter Parker was just like, "Oh, I gotta pay my rent," and MJ hates me, and Aunt May's old, and J. Jonah Jameson's on my back, and I don't oh, no. I'm so, Uncle Ben. Name. I'm so sad. But this, it was yeah. just, it's like a coming of age high school movie, and it's just great. And there wasn't too much Robert Downey Jr. Thank God. I was so worried about mm-hmm. it because all the Sony trailers, it was like, "Hey, here's Iron Man. We got Iron Man for our movie," and he was like in it just like the right amount to like mentor
0: and like take the suit when he messed up and to kind of put it, the movie in the context of their wider, um, Marvel Cinematic Universe, which sure. is something that the earlier movies on um, both, um, Mark Webb's, uh, attempted trilogy and Sam Raimi's, um, uh, trilogy of Tobey Maguire couldn't really do, which was kind of put, um, like you were saying how Peter Parker and Spider-Man are supposed to, is supposed to be just very like young, this young character in the superhero scene. Um, like very far removed from like the, um, kind of like high flying a- antics of like, um, Iron Man Captain America and the Thor and the rest of the Avengers. And I think, um, that's some because of like copyright issues. Like they couldn't do that with earlier mm-hmm. movies, and that they really take advantage of um the expanded license they have in this movie. Um, how would you compare it to other Marvel Cinematic Universe movies? It's in my
1: top five mm-hmm. easily.
0: I'd um, say I'd say um. Uh, I'd say it's probably, like, in my top three. Um, It's really... um, The Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, um, I don't know how controversial I'm I'm being, but I'd say they've been... Just this past year, they've gotten progressively better. Like, when Spider-Man Homecoming came out, I'm like, this might be, like, the best Marvel Cinematic Universe movie that there's been. When Thor Ragnarok came out, I'm like, well, this this one's up there as well. Um, Now with Black Panther, like, I kind of have, like, a new favorite. Mm -hmm. But I think... Before last year, 2014 was like the standout
1: year because we got yeah, Winter definitely. Soldier and Guardians, which mm-hmm. were like, Winter Soldier is my favorite movie of all time, mm. like full stop. So that was that was a great year. And then 2017, they brought it again with, were there three? Yeah, okay. Guardians 2 yeah. was still good. It mm-hmm. wasn't as good because they can't capture that same lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. And they laughed at their own jokes too hard. But oh, yeah. I still really enjoyed it and then Spider-Man and Thor are both outstanding. Thor was like an honorable mm-hmm. mention cuz I couldn't pick between those two cuz mm-hmm. I really like Thor cuz Taika Waititi is amazing. Anyway, um yeah, it's de- they're definitely finding their stride and they're finding the mix of the superhero stories that have been on the books for years and finding like that creativity with each mm-hmm. director. Yeah. So, I think mm-hmm. now that they have this going, we're going to see some good Marvel movies for the foreseeable
0: future. Yeah, I'd also say this is Spider-Man: Homecoming was kind of like the first Marvel movie that really like nailed the comedy, the co- the quippiness and like the snarkiness and like all the jokes have kind of a lot of people have like pointed out as like a negative for the Marvel movies in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, they really, I think, they fit with the character, they fit with the story that I was telling, they fit with the tone mm-hmm. they were going. Um, for this movie, Thor: Ragnarok also has um, um, that to its advantage. Mm-hmm. I also think um. It's a rare
1: thing in a Marvel movie where they don't complain about the villain. And I think mm-hmm. Michael, Ke- Michael Keaton's vulture is, like, mm-hmm. top-tier Marvel yeah. villains. It's, like, him, Loki, Killmonger cool. now, and, like, that might be it. Mm-hmm. For, like, the universally received good villains. Mm-hmm. So, like, that reveal is, like, it legit made me gasp when I first saw it. And then I showed mm-hmm. my girlfriend, and she gasped. It's just,
0: like... Yeah, the, the plot twist towards, like, the end of this movie is one yeah. of the... As far as I can remember, I think it's, like, the only time, like, a plot twist in a Marvel movie, like, a, a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, like, That's actually it. kind of, like, surprised people mm-hmm. um, in a good way.
2: I, I like Batman. <laughs> Batman's good, too. I'm, I'm more of a Batman guy. Mm-hmm. I, I won't say I'm a DC guy, because mm-hmm. DC Go makes ahead. some trash movies. They mm-hmm. make some mm-hmm. bad movies. But when I was growing up, DC was, like, my my go-to. Like, the Tim mm-hmm. Burton, Batman's. Okay. Uh, the original Superman, mm-hmm. Christopher Reeve, like those were, mm-hmm. those are top notch. But Marvel's definitely, I I'd say Marvel's better than DC nowadays, like just in terms of like quality, cinematically
1: okay. anyway. I've heard the comics are kind of. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not a comic guy, but gotcha.
2: like um, I don't know. I feel like DC, like when they're good, they're better than Marvel. But Marvel yeah. consistently makes like better movies I, guess. I, I think
0: that kind of is the, the case with both the movies and the comics um, DC has higher highs more consistent and lower lows whereas Mar- Marvel's um, Mar- Marvel has their stuff together I think a bit more right um, especially with the cinematic universe mm-hmm.
2: so my second pick is a uh, 2017 film called Davian. Um, I actually talked about this film the other day Mm -hmm. on moving pictures. It's part of our Black Cinema um, episode for Mm -hmm. Black History Month, so go give that a listen. Davian is a beautiful film. Mm -hmm. Beautifully crafted, beautifully shot, beautifully told. It's everything I want in a movie. It's patient. It's a really detailed character study. The acting is... Um, not overly coached, it's not overly dramatic, it seems very natural. Mm -hmm. And the story, while it is like really simple, just a kind of simple story of a young kid whose, you know, older brother uh dies, he kinda has to pick up the pieces. You know, he's raised by his sister and his kind of this kind of like a strange boyfriend figure who um I didn't really get that much of a chance to talk about the other day, but there's Um, as the story unfolds, you know, Davian kind of gets more and more involved with street life and gang life, which Mm -hmm. while it is a cliche, I like how this film handles it Mm -hmm. because it's not very overly dramatic. It's much more kind of Mm -hmm. like a harsh reality and it's much more kind of like, um, nuanced about it to, to an extent. I think Mm -hmm. it shows like the emotionality behind why someone would want that kind of atmosphere, you know? Okay. But um, there's a scene where Davian is actually robbing some people playing poker, and he realizes it's this boyfriend figure. Mm-hmm. Like, he robs his father figure, essentially, and you know. Um, the, the, the film just goes in so many, like, narrative directions. It's beautifully shot. I can't emphasize it enough. I love directors shooting in 4x3 in 2017, 2018. <laughs> I hope that trend continues. I love people that shoot with 4x3. Keep doing it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I could talk all day about how beautiful the movie every mm-hmm. single frame in the movie if you pause it it could be like a beautiful album cover or just a beautiful photograph on its own like mm-hmm. I can't stress okay. enough how much I love how the film mm-hmm. looks
0: kind of, the way you describing it it's kind of similar to what we were talking about with um, Good Time kind of like this simple story that's told with like
2: told with style
0: style and like um, using like this uh, language of cinema like to like its utmost exactly. abilities and that's
2: that is a. that's the kind of stuff I love like mm-hmm. it's that that's my go-to I love that right it's it's a really really good movie I think this is that director's first movie mm-hmm. yeah and I think, uh, it's um, on Netflix right now it's like an hour and 20 something minutes it's not yeah horribly it's very long. Short. but uh <clears throat> if you're looking for a good simple story um yeah Davian
0: I can't recommend it enough so I think that brings us to our final round um we're all going to be. Um, sharing our top picks for um film of the year mine um really easy choice for me blade runner 2049 um i i i, I respect the original blade runner um i saw i saw um well i was kind of like getting into film as it was on like a lot of those lists of like movies you have to see it's 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 usually like the those like books they make like the 1000 movies you have to see before you die it's, yeah. it's usually like on the cover of those and it's like this it was such like an important uh m- moment in like movie history. I wasn't a huge fan the first time I saw it but like it grew on me and like I I did come to respect it both as kind of like a filmmaking achievement but also like w- when it's storytelling but it doesn't really hold um a huge place in in my heart um which I I I I guess I'm happy to say. Like, I think um, I I'll, I'll go out and say it like Blade Runner. Um, I'm gonna shorthand and call it Blade Runner Two because I'm not gonna say because I because if I keep trying to say 2049, I'm gonna call it 2048, like that little <laughs> iPhone game, yeah. and um, I'll never be able to li- live it down. So Blade Runner Two, better than the original. Every every bit as um, um, ambitious, and bold. Um, intellectual cerebral philosophical with its themes um neville villeneuve is one of the best i i guess if like um if i had to pick like a filmmaker who i think is going to uh, um be sig- be like a significant figure in like the future of cinema um like the next uh spielberg um, Kubrick's kind of like a cliche. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say Spielberg. Spiel. I no, mean, in as much as that they have, they um, become kind of like this tent pole, like landmark um, uh, filmmaker. Yeah. Maybe, sure. maybe the next um, Francis Ford Coppola, uh, mm-hmm. Scorsese. You're, you're
2: getting closer. Mm-hmm. You're getting closer.
0: The next Michael Bay, everyone. Um, oh, but- God, No, please no. <laughs> But yeah, he's he's um, he's made one like great film every year for the past like four or five years. He had prisoners in twenty thirteen. Um, he had um
2: he had enemy too. Enemy I believe, right? b-
0: filmed at the same time, released yeah. in twenty fourteen. Um, Sicario, Sicario twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm, Arrival. Um, um, I, I enjoyed Arrival. Oh, I I, I, res- I respect it. Um, but yeah, Blade Runner. It's the best movie ever. Everybody, all and all of you can fight me about that.
2: Did you like it more than Enemy?
0: I did. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah.
2: Man, Enemy is a really good movie.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. It is. I mean, it is good, but like Blade Runner, um, both like as like its own, both um, um. It's it's a great sci-fi movie, but it's also it's kind of like everything that I want to see in a sci-fi movie. It's very. Like, it's perfectly atmospheric. Um, Roger Deakins is up for um, best cinematography again this year. Um, I If he does not win for this year, like, it's... It does have a beautiful cinematography. A, it's a crime mm-hmm. against humanity. Um, great set design. Like, perfect... Um, atmospherically and, like, visually, uh, it's, like, a perfect movie. Um, the acting, the writing, I think, like is um, perfect for the the type of story. It's telling. Um, very. Um, 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 yeah, I, I. 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 Yeah, I. I I can, I can. So enamored with, I'm, with Blade Runner. I'm. i, I, I so just. Good. I'm just devolved into just about you're, you're it. I'm giddy. You're giddy. I'm, I'm giddy movie. talking about this movie.
2: You're giddy for Harrison, mm. and just, the goose. Just, <laughs> just Harrison Ford. Mm. I haven't seen the. I've seen the original Blade Runner a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I was like. 12 kind of okay. went over my head. Mm-hmm. I would love to re-watch it and just like see, because I've always kind of perceived it as a film like Brazil. Yeah. Like I always kind of perceived it as a film like that. Mm-hmm. So I wonder like revisiting it now, if I'd perceive it differently. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Blade Runner 2 yet. I hope
1: too soon though. Mm. Okay. I've seen both. Uh, I couldn't tell you which cut I watched the first one because it was online. <laughs> but I really like 2049, all of the stuff that you said. It looks great. Mm-hmm uh Harrison Ford, awesome. I like that he's doing all of his stuff again to mixed results. I hope
0: hopefully the <laughs> next Indiana Jones isn't a train wreck like 4. As far as kind of like Harrison Ford's like victory lap of, yeah. of movies, like this is I I'd say the it's best. It's up there, yeah. It's be- better than Kingdom of the Crystal, Crystal Skull. Oh, yeah, better than Force Awakens definitely. Um Yeah, he he actually he actually compliments this movie. He he's actually plays a very important <laughs> role that complements um both the film itself and and its place within the Blade Runner, the kind of like limited Blade Runner mythology that there is. Cool. All right, uh, mine, my number one
1: is Logan. Keeping in my uh, nerd trend of superhero movies, I really, really love Logan. Um, I think, personally, I think it's up there with The Dark Knight in I'd superhero movies. Better. Yeah, it's. He was saying that the other day. Just amazing. <laughs> uh, all the performances are amazing. It's like. The best send off for Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart that I could think of. Mm-hmm. It's just both of their performances are great. It's like they're just like worn down by this world that's like almost forgotten about mutants, but they're still kind of using mutants. It's kind of turned all like all the X Men are implied to be dead. There's some mutants still. It doesn't really matter. X twenty three. Daphne Keene is the actress's name. She's really good. Um, there is talk of her reappearing at some point. I don't know with the whole Fox Marvel deal. She'll come back. Um, I like the villains. Um, it was just like... My one thing is, I think X-24 could have been Sabretooth instead of a mm. younger Hugh Jackman. Mm. but
0: Which which Sabretooth, though? There's been like oh, yeah. a couple. See, mm. the only one that I know is Liev Schreiber, Liev and Ther- that's from the worst X-Men movie. <laughs> so I don't know if... We want to go back to that. I think it's interesting that, like, there's been three Wolverine movies, and they've all, they've all kind of, um, they all inhabit, like, this different uh, area and, like, the spectrum of quality. Like, mm-hmm. X Men Origins Wolverine is, I would say, the worst of the X Men movies that's been made. The Wolverine, I, I liked more than most people, um, then, like, I thought I thought it was pretty I good. I think it's fine. It yeah. was fine. And so, the middle ground, and I, I definitely say that Logan is, yeah. like, the best of the X Men movies. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of go, in In the face, where people kind of goes in the face of what people um are c- uh, kind of like criticize comic book movies um nowadays of being like too cookie cutter, right? Too um sanitized, too safe. Or this like, one.
1: it's a big thing crashing into another big thing, and mm-hmm. at the end, it's just like mm-hmm. brutal. Just Logan running through the woods, mm-hmm. and there's some fighting, and then it just mm-hmm. it ends, and it stomps on your heart, yeah. And then it's over, and I think that <laughs> with We kind of touched on it with, like, the Marvel-Fox deal, but I think this is a a really great version of Old Man Logan that makes sense with what they were allowed to do because, like, Mm -hmm. the actual comic of Old Man Logan is, like, crazy. Like, Red Skull is, like, the president, and all the villains have carved up the U.S., and there's inbred hulks, and Hawkeye's blind, so, like, they have... Like, they couldn't use any of those characters because they're owned Mm -hmm. by Marvel and Universal and what have you. So just keeping it, like, figuring out how to... Put like the bones of Old Man Logan in like a universe that fits and makes sense, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of dystopian, but it's kind of not. And
0: I just I really Mm -hmm. like that. They don't really follow the template of what people kind of expect of uh, superhero movies. It's Mm -hmm. a very people have pointed this out. It's very much more similar to a western. Right. Um. You mentioned the movie Shane um, earlier. Like it name drops Shane um a couple times in the movie, and it, it kind of like um. Bor- borrows that um it borrows kind of Shane's like theme of um the last gunslinger the last of his kind mm-hmm. um kind of like the le- the leftovers of like a more violent um lawless time yeah um trying to make his way in like the world that's to come and put and it puts that um tr- kind of a archetype within like the superhero genre mm-hmm. um the genre that's kind of like designed by its especially comic book superheroes like designed to like continue and like always always be kind of like stagnant whereas like this one is logan is a v- very very emotional very kind of like unorthodox very chaotic like violent and mm. to it's this brutal. brutal violent end to this um kind of like legacy for both that um Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart as they're these X-Men characters that they've both portrayed for 17 years now um yeah it's a very if the Marvel Fox like deal does um significantly change like the course of what the X-Men movies are going to be like in the future I think this is both a very fitting send-off to um the Wolverine, the Wolverine character as portrayed by Hugh Jackman, but mm-hmm. also kind of this, um, the spirit that these X Men movies have had. That's kind of like for the sure. natural conclusion to all of that. Yeah, I do because there were articles like
1: before Logan came out, it was like Hugh Jackman was like, "I'd love to be on the same screen as Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. and blah blah blah." And as much as I would like to see that, I hope it doesn't happen mm-hmm. because this was yeah. just like a perfect send off for him, and yeah, Hugh. Hugh Jackman had a great 2017 in my opinion. I know some people don't like it, but I really liked Greatest Showman too. <laughs> so, yeah. Another honorable mention. But good stuff.
2: Never seen a single X-Men movie. I'm I'm what? sorry. I have nothing to add to the <laughs> conversation.
0: You 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 <laughs> got to see X-Men Origins Wolverine. Like Is that the gonna, worst one? That's, that's the worst, worst one. one. Yeah, we we we're going we're going to start start you with that. Start on a high note. The ones set in the past are pretty good, like Days of Future Past, and yeah, um, I mean Wolverine's Origin. This kind of set in the past as well. Y- you, got mm-hmm. you got me. The very large, like, uh, there's a very large spectrum of quality with the X Men movies, whereas like the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies have been like, meh, kind of like seven or eight, like, with a few like standouts. There's X Men has been has had a very chaotic film history, and I love it.
2: So, me? Right. Yeah. Well, my uh, number one film of all of 27, not of all time, of 2017 is Bright. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, uh, I was going to say that. I was going to say that. When you know, said all time, I was like, Psych. Bright. No. It's, the centaur had Riot armor. It's The Florida Project, um, directed <laughs> by Sean Baker. This is the best movie I saw all year. Um, to quote Kevin Abstract, it's the film of the year. Uh, super good. Um, Sean Baker did Tangerine. Which me and Mitch mm-hmm. talked about uh, recently. Yeah, uh, with our LGBT
0: cinema episode. Yeah,
2: um, if Sean Baker keeps it up, he's going to become one of my favorite directors working today. Mm-hmm. Because, as I said with Davian, the way that he approaches filmmaking is what I think needs to be there in filmmaking today. I think mm-hmm. that he's a really good antithesis to what's happening right now in an age of streaming and an age of like Netflix. You know, mm-hmm. in an age of you know, no offense, but superhero movies. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's a really good uh, left side of that coin, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, The Florida Project tells the story of um, a young girl who is like this kind of teen mother who has, you know, a daughter, and they're homeless living in this, you know, kind of run-down hotel right across the street from Disney, Mm -hmm. Disneyland. And the film... Essentially, follows the kids in poverty, kind of having this very um, blissful, innocent summer, and uh, kind of like that—that that good a- age where you're like five, four, uh, six, and you're not really aware of what's going on in the world around you. You're kind of totally in your own little bubble, mm-hmm. so you're not really burdened by like the harsh realities of the world. Because there's scenes in the film where. You know, clearly they're in poverty and they're struggling. And, um, you know, as a mother and daughter unit, they are there for each other. But, um, it, it it's much more a film about maintaining like that youthful innocence than it mm-hmm. is, you know, like the struggle through, um, you know, uh, this the struggle fest like Blind Side or something like yeah. that. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's not one of those films. It's a film that a lot of people have been kind of bothered by because of its pace of how it ends its ending is is a little bit um, jarring for most audiences I love I like the ending a lot but um, I don't want to spoil it but um, yeah the Florida Project is just like a beautiful movie and it it gets a lot of flack because of how it approaches plot in a very kind of uh, patient way as I say a lot in a very kind of um, voyeuristic way and I love how it, it's telling a really simple story with style. It's telling a really simple movie with these like theoretical concepts in mind. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: every color that's that you see there, and every single placement in the composition, it's totally purposeful. It's totally um, uh, a part of a bigger whole that is the film. Mm-hmm. And I I just respect Sean Baker so much as a filmmaker, even more with this film. And I can't wait to see what he does. What mm-hmm. he does next. He he could be very much so like. Next, Paul Thomas Anderson, I think.
0: Okay, yeah, because because he's um, both because he's kind of had like two movies like in the spotlight, um, Tangerine and Florida Project, and like they're both pr- pretty dissimilar in like their style, I would say. At,
2: at the same time, they're totally they're very similar in, in a weird way, like mm-hmm. in the sense that, um,
0: and like they're kind of like um, symbolic, like subject matter. Maybe
2: yeah, I was listening to an interview with Sean Baker, and he was talking about how the film um, he likes having his films be about characters that are often forgotten by mm-hmm. society. And you know, Tangerine is about you know transgender women who are you know transgender women of color who are often forgotten by society. And mm-hmm. the Florida Project focuses on this irony of you know people living in poverty across from the happiest place on earth, and how mm-hmm. like there's these rundown. Um, almost like bayou areas yeah. surrounding Disneyland. And mm-hmm. the film ends, I'm just going to spoil it, you know, spoiler or, or whatever. So the film ends with uh, the main character, the little girl going into Disneyland. And, you know, it's very obvious that this is like a metaphor for her kind of just, um, it's like, it's like a daydream scenario, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's like an escapist thing, you know, okay. you know, the drill. And uh, the aspect ratio totally changes to, like, a cell phone aspect ratio because you can't legally film in Disney. Mm. But um, Sean Baker just filmed it on his cell phone like he did with uh, Tangerine, Tangerine. just, like, you know, iPhones and stuff. And um, I love that he just uh, changes formats, changes aspect ratios. He's thinking about all these things that, like, people like Wes Anderson think of, but he just does it so much better and so much mm-hmm. more sincerely and genuinely, and uh, he he reminds me a lot of like uh, Xavier Dolan, who did
0: Mommy. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, just just really really bold and exciting new filmmaker.
0: Mm. I've been really excited to see it. I haven't um, had a chance to yet. Um, I almost said when it was in town for the film festival, but
2: it, it's really a beautiful beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. I I can't stress it enough. Like it's mm-hmm. just a like. It's a heartwarming film. It's a visually pleasing film. It's an uplifting film. And it's also a really engaging film. And it's also just... It's like one of the best experiences I've had watching a film in a really long time, especially like an, a newer film.
0: I can't okay. recommend it. Um, okay. So, yeah, I believe um, that was our nine films of the year. Um, I guess I don't really have an outro. So, um, um, if you if you two kind of just want to like have any closing comments?
1: Um, it's kind of hard to narrow it down to three because, as like a nerd, I see all of the nerd movies. Mm-hmm. So like, this was like, just the superhero movie scene. I guess it was a really good year for superhero movies. We had mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, which was the best DC movie. We had Justice League, which was a garbage fire, but I tolerated it more mm-hmm. so than the others because I had fun with it. And I think they they got they finally got Superman where he needs to be. Not being sad, mm. even with the mustache stuff, so good stuff there. All the Marvel stuff knocked it out of the park. Logan was amazing, and yeah,
0: I, th- I think it was kind of an above average year in general for cinema. Um, I don't know if like if if you two would agree, but I think yeah, I think so. Um, I, I I a lot hard.
1: of I saw a lot of good mm-hmm. movies in twenty seventeen.
0: It's kind of easy for me to pick like my top three, but there, but I've had more kind of like it was. It's much harder for me to not to kind of like nail down the movies that are in like my top ten. Than it is like usual because we, we do have like, we did have like quite a lot of like very high quality films.
2: Yeah, I, I typically go back because, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's only so much new stuff coming out constantly mm-hmm. <clears throat> that you like keep up with and rewatch or just watch for the first time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's like a, there's millions of movies, you know, like behind you that you can find. So yeah. I, I typically, you know, go backwards and look for films. But uh yeah, of 2017. I think these are the strongest films I saw, but it it was a pretty good year. I think that 2018 is going to be a good year too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I have a good feeling about it. Mm-hmm. Honorable mention of Phantom Thread. I didn't see it, but I, I really really wanted that's to. That's
0: like that's my number I was like trying to think of like a way to implement that. Like that's my number one like the one that got away for yeah, this year that I w- wasn't able to see, but it's like I'm like salivating at the chance yeah, to like watch I it. I really
1: really want to see that.
2: But, yeah, um, me and Mitch do moving pictures. We have new episodes posted every Monday.
1: Uh, I host the Raven Geeks. We do, usually, they're out Tuesdays. So we do like a bit of news, tackle a main segment, and then, yeah, we go from there and do some recommendations for the geeks. And we are trying to get more people from like Central to come on and talk about what they geek about. There's a lot of geek communi- communities here at Central, and we're kind of starting to reach out to them. So if you're interested, DM us on Twitter. Or message us because now I have the admin of the Facebook page so I can respond to those as well. So, Raven Geeks on both of those.
0: Great. So, um, thank you, too, for, jo- for joining all of us. Uh, f- thank everybody. Thank you, Grant. <laughs> like, um, See ya. Um, ha- have a good 2018. Peace.